0: Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong.
1: Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Connie Lau, Chairman and CEO of Hawaiian Electric Industries, Inc., and American Savings Bank. She also leads the Hawaii Bankers Association and is in U.S. Banker Magazine, ranking as one of the 25 most powerful women in banking in the U.S., Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Connie Lau. Welcome to our show, Connie.
2: Thank you, Carrie, and thank you, Evan. It's great to be here.
1: So, Connie, could you tell us a little bit about your position at American Savings Bank?
2: Yes, I'm President and CEO, and as you mentioned, just uh, added the position of Chairman of the Board, and so I'm really responsible. It's kind of the position where the buck stops. Um, I'm responsible for the entire company and all of the employees and our customers And so I do things like set the long-term vision and the strategy and make sure that our operations are really good and sound and customers are well cared for.
0: Now I read that you're also CEO of Hawaiian Electric Industries. I mean, these are two huge entities. How do you actually manage that? It's hard to manage just one. How do you manage two?
2: You know, uh, it's really funny because I was actually talking to a bunch of uh, high school students the other day, and, you know, if you think about people's lives, even high school kids, you know, they they do sports, they do music, they're studying, they want to go to college, um, they maybe even have a job on the side, and so I think everybody actually kind of learns how to balance and juggle, maybe, and uh, so it's not much different between Uh, Being CEO of American Savings Bank and CEO of Hawaiian Electric Industries, it's just a matter of juggling.
0: What are some secrets about managing your time that maybe you can share with us?
2: Really important to focus on where you individually can add value because lots of times there are jobs that actually you may not be the best person to do and someone else might be better at doing that. Um, that was certainly true when I first came to American Savings Bank. It's kind of like all the decisions ended up in the president's office, including things like um, setting deposit rates, the interest rates that we pay on deposits. And I said, you know what? I'm not the best person to uh, set those rates. Um, those people in our retail line of business that are actually watching what everybody else in town pays, what interest rates are doing in the capital markets, are probably better suited to doing that. And so, you know, we change some of the processes uh, and, you know, you get the decisions to the right people.
1: And how were you able to feel comfortable knowing that you would be giving up this, you know, it's kind of like power, right? And, you know, passing it on to people that you're going to cross your fingers and say, you know, do the right thing because you're representing the company. All in all, it's really going to come down to you, right?
2: But that's exactly the key, right? The, the key is that you have to set the tone that everybody is marching in the same direction and they're all going to do the right thing. And the right thing is generally defined in business as the right thing for the customer. And if we're all on the same wavelength, it, you know, you don't have to worry about power. And so a lot of people talk about power, but to me, you know, that's probably one of the least important things, Um you know, an example would be if I had to, you know, mandate that an employee do something. That's probably the worst thing to do. You know, I, I don't like to do that. I'd rather, you know, leadership is really about inspiration, about motivation. It's really more about the heart and the soul than it is about the mind. And when you have to control people by exercising power, then I think you've already lost the game.
0: Tell us what your management style is like. Then, in in some companies, you would mandate it by policy and procedure and, and bureaucracy and so on. How do you guys get the most out of your team, your work, your workforce?
2: Well, that's the key. It's it's teamwork. You know, I believe in visionary organizations, not visionary leaderships. Uh, and so, you know, as I rebuilt American Savings Bank, we really put an emphasis on building the entire team. And frankly, building an entire team starts from individuals. And so we we, uh, looked for great individuals, and we had a number of them in the company. And then what you do is you look for kind of that special contribution that each person can make, and you kind of encourage it. And I guess the mastery is in pulling all of these individual skills and experiences and backgrounds together in this wonderful mix where everybody supports everybody else, right? Because we know, you know, sometimes uh, you, some people have certain strengths, other people have different strengths, we all have weaknesses, but somehow when you bring everybody together in a team, then we all work together. Thanks for tuning in. Stay
1: tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. you're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Connie Lau, Chairman and CEO of Hawaii Electric Industries, Inc., and American Savings Bank. She also leads the Hawaii Bankers Association and is in U.S. Bankers Magazine ranking as one of the 25 most powerful women in banking in the U.S., Honey, you mentioned a little bit about team building. And then, you know, when you came in, you said you wanted to get to know these individuals, their strengths and their weaknesses. When you did that, that took a lot of time, I'm sure, to find out, you know, more in depth of how the contributions of each one would come together as a team. Mm -hmm. How was that for you?
2: Actually, it doesn't take that much time. You know, uh, everybody always says first impressions are really important, and they really are Um, You know, I think if you're looking to know somebody uh, and, you know, you don't relate to them just on the verbal level, uh, you can actually get to know someone pretty quickly by just observing, um, you know, how they act, how they treat other people, and, you know, what their backgrounds are, what they've done in their prior lives. And so I think in a very short period of time, you can kind of begin to find out what Really motivates people. But you have to ask different questions than, you know, like the typical interview questions. Uh, what people do in their private lives um, is as important to me as what they've done in their work lives. And so, you know, in fact, we've changed our interview questionnaire at the bank to ask what people do in the community, you know, whether they're act- active in their church uh, or whether, you know, they coach their kids' soccer leagues. Um, because that indicates to me someone who really cares about other people and is willing to um, get out there and work you know in teams and help organize events for other people.
0: Can you give us maybe an example of how you would? look for these characteristics, or what are the most important ones that maybe you're trying to see if the people have? You can use Carrie as an example
2: if <laughs> you'd use like. Use Carrie <laughs> as an example. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I volunteered you.
2: Um, well, you know, what What I'm really looking for is to find what a person's aspirations are, and their dreams, and then secondly, what their motivations are. So. You know, like in Carrie's case, uh, (laughs) Evan's so interested. (laughs) Hey, this is really interesting. You know, instead of you guys interviewing me, I get to interview (laughs) Carrie. (laughs) Um, You know, we probably don't have the whole time, Evan, but I would be really interested in, uh, you know, Carrie's aspirations. You know, what do you want to do in your career? I mean, you're doing a wonderful job on the radio. Um, Do you... Uh, envision yourself someday and broadcast, you know, uh, anchor on the TV, doing, you know, investigative reporting, um, or, you know, maybe something completely different, going to law school uh, or business school? That's a great question,
1: and that's really a great interview, but actually, let me turn the tables <laughs> <on
0: you>. Oh, CMHC <laughs>
2: doesn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: too long <laughs> well, okay. she's shy, so that's you, why she's do shy you, um, uh,
1: okay each okay person then I, mean, I guess on the executive level, you would interview each person,
2: yes, oh definitely uh anyone who is going to report directly to me i uh, you know I definitely interview them, and I also will interview other key positions um, in the company y- you know one of the things that you find is that th- When you find managers that know how to recognize great talent, uh, then sometimes I don't get involved in the hiring after that because I know that they um, just have really good judgment about people. Uh, You know, for example, um, the fellow who runs my commercial markets area is a great judge of uh, character and a great judge of a person's capabilities or potential. And so, you know, when when he's doing the hiring, I, I pretty much just give him an open book, you know, and say, hey, you know, as, as many great people as you can find, um, you know, you've got authority to hire them.
0: What would you say is maybe the top three or top five characteristics that you're looking for in your executive team?
2: Well, number one, the willingness to work hard because we've been transforming our company, and transformations take extra effort and extra energy to actually make them come about. So definitely somebody who's willing to work hard. Number two, somebody who really cares about other people because banking is a people business. Uh, And, you know, you really have to be interested in uh, mentoring each one of your employees because we're such large businesses, we can't do it ourselves. You know, it's not like a personal uh, or a professional services firm, like maybe a law firm, where you're doing a lot of that work yourself. You really, in a big corporation, have to work through other people and you have to be able to motivate other people. And then uh, really technical sophistication and the willingness to keep learning because our business is changing all the time, you know, especially financial services. You you, you know, that market moves incredibly quickly And so, you know, you've got to be very open to new ideas. You've got to be able to dream, you know, imagine the possibilities of what business could be in the future. And, you know, try to create, that's the only way we create value for our customers is by coming up with different kinds of ideas on how they might approach um, their businesses. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
1: We're back with Connie Lau, President and CEO of HEI, the holding company for American Savings Bank. Connie, before break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, you building a team and your executive team especially. And you continue to bring up um, somebody that has good people skills. That's really important. What about talent and skill versus people skills? Which is more important for you on your team?
2: Technical skills That side of it actually to me are kind of a basic building block. You have to be technically competent, otherwise you don't get out of the starting blocks. But it's the people side that is the differentiator. And that's why I spent so much time on the people skill side. I'm assuming that people come in with good, strong technical backgrounds. But then what can you do with it? Right. That's the that's the fun of it is how do you take someone that has great technical skills and then expand them to uh, really create uh, more value uh, using those skills?
0: I'm wondering if we can just kind of digress for a little bit and talk about your ascension to become a CEO. You know, you're ranked as one of the top 25 most powerful women in banking, but that doesn't happen overnight. We know Can you give us maybe some insight into how that came about or maybe some of the stepping stones you needed or learning lessons you learned along the way?
2: Evan, I wish I knew. (laughs) You know, I I never planned to be a CEO. Um, Frankly, I never even dreamed of being a CEO. It just happened one time I was uh, traveling on an airplane with our then-CEO, and he leaned over to me in the middle of the trip and said have you ever thought about being a ceo and i kind of you know really giggled and said i no i you know i've never thought about it and that was kind of the end of the conversation but i was thinking to myself which i didn't say to him he must be nuts you know i you know i i just never thought about ever being a ceo so it just kind of happened. I was really fortunate.
0: How did you move from the law side then to, I guess, you know, this private sector side and running businesses and so on?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I had both a law degree and a business degree. And so I think that made it easy for my company uh, when the treasurer's slot opened up to ask me to now use my business school uh, background uh, in the treasurer's job. After that conversation that you had with your previous CEO,
1: you know, you kind of giggled. But when you look, at, look back on it now, do you think about some of the lessons that he was trying to prepare you to take the position?
2: I guess the benefit of going to um, business school and getting an MBA is that in those classes, they tell you all of the things that you should be doing. And so whether I consciously followed them or not... I had that knowledge, and so if I look back, I actually did many of those things. I'd say number one was the willingness to take risk, and that's particularly true for women because usually uh, women aren't given those opportunities that maybe come with a little more uh, high profile, but also higher risk and also higher return. And so, you know, throughout my career, I've encourage people and I've done it myself to just collect as many experiences as you possibly can. Um, life becomes a lot richer the more things that you do and so I've always been involved in many different things and you know probably my biggest problem is I can't say no <laughs> but uh, you know having been involved in a lot of things and then also a wide variety of things has given me a great... uh, perspectives and what I call peripheral vision to be able to see an issue from many different perspectives. I grew up with a mom who always said put yourself in uh, the other person's shoes and that's actually been really invaluable particularly in business. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
0: Golden cool Hawaiian time, Neptu nice, the sunshine in your mouth.
1: Neptu For bubble tea supplies in your offense, home, at a party or like business, easy, contact Bubble Tea end. Supply at 948-2622 or online at mouth. bubbletea.com. Neptu nice,
0: the sunshine in your mouth.
1: You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii? Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Connie Lau, Chairman and CEO of Hawaiian Electric Industries, Inc., and American Savings Bank. Connie believes in actively supporting the community and is a trustee and director of several educational and nonprofit organizations such as Punahou School, Kamehameha Schools, the Hawaii Business Roundtable, and Charles Reed Bishop Trust, to name a few.
0: Where did you actually learn about giving back to the community, and when did you get started doing these types of endeavors?
2: Well, first of all, when I went to school, I grew up with the phrase, to whom much is given, much is expected. And then when I went to work at HEI, Dudley Pratt, who was the CEO at that time, said, no one will become a senior officer of Hawaiian Electric Industries who is not active in the community. So it just underscored what I had been brought up with.
0: That kind of stuff, though, is not taught typically in school. So when you mentioned before the MBA had prepared you for various things, what is it that prepares you for community service?
2: I think it's the expectation that, you know, as I I mentioned the phrase, to whom much is given, much is expected. And if you think about when you're growing up, all the people that had to support you, you know, your mom, your dad, your family, your friends, your extended ohana, You know, there if you think about it, there are a lot of people who cared about you as you were growing up. And uh, you know, life is about um people and so uh, you know, you just grow up with that not only expectation but also a desire to help other people. I remember when I was little my mom uh took me down to Palama Settlement because she grew up in Palama settlement and I thought to myself, why are you taking me here, mom? You know, it's kind of a depressed area, you know, lower income. I, that's like the last thing that, you know, a teenage kid wants to do. I'd probably rather go down to the shopping mall or something or Alamuana. But, you know, she wanted to take me to Paloma Settlement and that experience has always stayed with me because, uh, she wanted me to know where she came from. And she wanted me to know that as well as my father and she had done uh, and as much as they were able to send me to the schools that they wanted to send me to uh, and the great education that I was getting, there was still a whole lot of people still behind in Palama Settlement. And so I just grew up with this idea that there were all these people that I was supposed to help out that were... You know, still where my mom started out from. So when you eventually decided that,
1: you know, this is your time in your career to start getting involved in the community, where did you start? And how did you know it was the right time to just go forward, especially when you're building your career?
2: You know, it was never sort of not the right time. Um, I was always active in uh, in various communities and doing different things. Um, I think from a business perspective, there was a change in that when I went to work for Hawaiian Electric Industries, one of the things that I did was I managed the pension funds, and we had over a billion dollars of um, assets in the pension funds, and so I became very good at investing in the stock market and all of that. Um, and so when there was a foundation that was starting up that was endowed by a Filipina woman. And I was asked actually by our then CEO if I would go and help them start up the foundation and set up the endowment and make sure that it was properly managed, that there were strong financial policies that were in place. And that kind of started me on the track of Utilizing, you know, we talked about technical skills before and the people side that, that started me down the track of realizing that one of the things great education had given me was good technical skills. And I ought to take those technical skills and utilize them to help the not for profit community. So, in fact, I've taken many of those ideas myself and now um, integrated them into what we do at American Savings Bank. For example, we started a program to train our managers to be able to function as chief financial officers or treasurers of not-for-profit organizations because as I went through the not-for-profit world, uh, you know, there's lots of people out there with um, passion and heart, but what you find is good business skills or, and particularly good financial skills are really missing. Many uh, not-for-profit organizations, charities can benefit from someone that has good financial skills. That involvement that I had with that very first foundation actually led to my involvement in a lot of different not-for-profit organizations because after that, I was asked by my alma mater, Punahou Schools, to come over and uh, sit on the board and help them rebalance their endowment. The University of Hawaii Foundation also asked me if I would come in and restructure their investments. And finally, when the controversy at Kamehameha occurred in the late 90s, um, I was one of the special purpose and then interim trustees asked by the court to come in and help um, restructure uh, Kamehameha schools.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host Evan Leong and Carrie Leong saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.